Matthew chapter 5 today, if you have your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, grab one in the pew in front of you there. We're beginning a new series this morning I'm going to talk about in just a few moments. Matthew chapter 5. As you're turning there, I'm going to set the context for you a little bit. I know we, uh, our choir is still coming out at this point, so I don't want to read our passage just yet, but let me uh, set the context for you guys. Matthew 5 is the beginning of what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this is uh, a sermon that was preached, taught by Jesus, and really the link, one of the more lengthy passages of teachings that we have uh, in the Bible. It goes from Matthew 5 to the end of Matthew 7. And uh, if you're unfamiliar with this, if, my guess is if you flip through those three chapters in Matthew and kind of look at some of the headings, you'll realize that you have uh, encountered some of these passages at different points in your life because uh, these are some of the most beloved teachings of Jesus in these three chapters, but also some of the most challenging teachings of Jesus in these three chapters. And so I want to look just at three verses today. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 14. Matthew 5, beginning in verse 14. Look at what Jesus says. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Let's pray together. Father, as we approach your word this morning, I pray that within us as individuals, within us as a church, you will help us to see the importance of shining our lights. Lord, help us to see what it means. Help us to understand it. Help us to put it into action. Lord, convict us this morning in the areas that we're not doing this. Lord, help us to be the church that you called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a few months ago, uh, our kids, they like to play in a detached garage that we have. And of course, we keep a lot of supplies in that garage, like tools and, and paint and household things, you know. And a few months ago, one of the kids found a can of spray paint in the garage back there. Now, let me just say uh, to our, all of our kids' uh, benefit that most of the paints that we give them and that they're familiar with are washable paints, right? They're not really familiar with paints that aren't washable, but for whatever reason, one of our kids found this can of yellow, bright yellow spray paint. I didn't even know it was in the garage. I guess it was left over from the people who owned the house before us, and decided to, they decided to spray paint a message uh, on our driveway, and of all the things that could have been spray painted, I'm thankful that it just said, hi, dad. Uh, so I got home from work, and hi, dad was uh, on the driveway, and I thought, oh, this is sidewalk chalk. Man, that, they've decorated this for me, and I got out there and realized it was spray paint. And so before I had time to, uh, to try to clean it off, a couple of weeks had gone by, and it had, had time to cure. 
And I thought, well, I'm going to go to uh, Walmart and pick up some paint thinner, some mineral spirits, something like that, and get this off. So I grabbed it off the shelf. It said it would remove paint, and so I got it home, poured it all over it, let it set for a few minutes, and I got a brush and began to scrub it. And one of the things I quickly realized is that the paint wasn't coming off, but all of the dirt on the sidewalk was, which just made the paint get brighter. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it, didn't, it was not effective in what it said it was going to do. And so I kept scrubbing and kept, kept scrubbing. Well, I'm thankful uh, recently Hillary found something that actually did take it off. But what I thought was going to work ended up not being effective at all at what it was supposed to do. And as I was thinking about our new series this week, you know, one of the things that we want to do, I believe, as a church, at least I hope we want to do, is be effective for what God has called us to do. The things He expects His church to be doing, we should want to be doing and desire to be doing and actually be doing those things. And I think sometimes, uh, in, without intention, um, without having a purpose um, to do this, Sometimes we get our focus off of what we need to be doing to be effective. And really, when we look at this series, I've entitled the series, Reviving the Mission, Rediscovering an Effective Church. And over the next several um, sermons in this series, we're going to be looking at uh, different aspects of what it means to be an effective church, what it takes to be an effective church, and my hope is that through this series that we won't just leave here knowing what it is to be an effective church, but we'll leave here ready and willing to do what it takes to be an effective church. And just like it says, reviving the mission, I think sometimes every church has to reconsider and revive this mission in their hearts and in their actions. And so uh, as we look at this this morning, the angle that we're going to be looking at today is an effective church is a missional church. An effective church is a missional church. Now, Jesus is clear, and we see this in Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. Jesus is clear that his church, which are his followers, are to be lights in a dark world pointing the lost to God. Now, let me say that again in case you missed it. I want you to hear me clearly this morning. Jesus says that his church, his followers, are to be lights in a dark world Pointing the lost to God. This is our mission. This is our mission. Our mission isn't to just come to church. Our mission isn't to come here and just benefit from this, although it's an important aspect, certainly. Bible studies are important. Worship is important. Fellowship activities are are great, but when you stop and think about what we're called to do as a church, every single one of us knows in our hearts that there has to be more to, to church than just coming to a service. There has to be more to what we're called to do than just getting together in small groups. There has to be more, as much as we Baptists like eating, there has to be more to church than just eating potluck, right? Like, church is more than that, and what we're going to see here this morning is our mission tells us that we are to be lights in a dark world, and as a church, if we're going to be effective, we have to focus on our God-given mission by our master until he returns. And if we don't stay focused on the mission, if we stray away from what he's asked us to do, even if we're doing good things, if we don't stay focused on the mission, we're going to be ineffective for the kingdom of God. 
And so let me just say, if it's that important, I was thinking about this this week, if this is that important, I want to know if I'm missing the mark on this. I want to know personally if I'm not helping to contribute to the mission. And I would hope that you as an individual, us as a church, would want to know if we are missing the mark on this, if we're not doing our part to help accomplish the task. And so this morning, I'm going to ask the question, what prevents us from shining our lights as individuals and as a church? What are some things that would prevent us from missing the mark on this mission? And I want to caution us from God's word this morning on these things, and I want us to each look within our hearts and, saying, and say, are we missing the mark on this? Have we caused our lights not to shine for various reasons, but not just as individuals? I want us to think as a church on this. Look at verse 14 at what he says. Plain and simple. You are the light of the world. Now, who is he talking to here? Who is the you in this statement? Well, to find that out, you have to go back to the beginning of this sermon in verse 1 of chapter 5. Look back up in your Bibles there at verse 1. Look at what he says. Matthew writes, Then he, that's Jesus, saw the crowds. He went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, it says his disciples came to him. And then he began to teach them. So here you see Jesus teaching his disciples, his closest followers, and most likely there were uh, onlookers, people standing around who were hearing this conversation, but for the most part, this was directed at Jesus' closest followers. This was directed at his disciples, those who had committed their lives at this point to follow Jesus. And so here he says to them, you are the light of the world. And it made me stop and think, like, what made them lights? Like, why, why would Jesus say this? What was it that made them lights? And quite frankly, it was because they followed Jesus. That was why they were lights. That's why they were different than everybody else. It's because they had committed their lives to following Jesus. And it was his power, his authority, who he was. It was him shining through them into a dark world that made them lights. Without him shining through their lives, they could have, couldn't have done it. And I want you to say, know this morning that without his power, without Christ's power in our lives, without Christ's power in our church, we can do nothing. Let me say that again in case you missed it. Without Christ's power in your life, without his power in our church, we can do nothing will be rendered ineffective, will be rendered out of commission. We will not be able to do anything. We can do nothing without power. Saw this kind of firsthand recently. Uh, several months ago, we had, I don't know if we were on vacation or what happened, but one particular week, uh, we had a bunch of mail come in and we had rearranged a lot of it. And for whatever reason, our electric bill got misplaced. And so for that month, it hadn't got paid. And I didn't know because I didn't see the electric bill, but I surely found out the next month when I got a call from the electric company that said, we haven't received your payment, and if we don't get it by this date, your electric's going to be shut off. 
And so I thought, we got to pay that payment as quickly as we can because we can't have that happen. Because guess what? If they shut our electric off, I can go to the switch and flip it as many times as I want, and the light isn't going to come on. I can go to the breaker box and test every breaker, flip it off and on, off and on, and the light still won't work. Why? Because there's no power coming into the house. Listen, as a church, if we have no power in our church, if we have no power in our individual lives because we become disconnected from Jesus, it doesn't matter what we try to do, our efforts will be in vain. You cannot shine your light if you have disconnected from the source. You cannot shine your light if you have disconnected from the source. Paul stated this in kind of the positive sense when he said in Philippians 4.13, you all probably know this verse, I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me. So on the flip side, if we stay connected, guess what we can do? All things. We can do anything that the Lord calls us to do. We can do it. Why? Because we're connected to Jesus. But if we disconnect from him spiritually, on our own, as a church, nothing. We don't have any power, and we're not going to be able to achieve this mission that God has placed before us of shining our light if we disconnected from the source. And so we have to start here. Nothing we do matters if we don't stay connected to Jesus. So I want to ask you today, how is your spiritual connection? How is your relationship with Jesus? And be honest with yourself because the Lord knows. That person sitting next to you may not have a clue this morning, but God knows how your connection is with him. Maybe this morning you don't have a connection with the Lord and you need to get connected. Let me tell you that the Bible says without Christ in our lives, we have no hope for the future We have no hope in this life. This life is as good as it's going to get because all that's promised to us after the here and now is separation from God and eternal torment in hell. And you might think, well, what have I done to to deserve that? The Bible says that we all have sinned and our sin just surmounts greatly to being this huge debt that we can never repay because we've sinned before a holy and perfect God. And because of that, we earn the biggest punishment that we could possibly get. And the Bible says that we'll spend eternity in hell. But the good news is that Jesus came and never sinned. He was fully God, yet fully man. And he died on a cross, taking the sins of the world, the Bible says, upon himself. On the third day, he came back to life. And the Bible says now that when we repent and trust in Jesus, when we turn from our sins, when we turn from the the life that we're living that's totally self-centered and say, I want to be focused on the Lord, when we repent and trust Jesus alone for our salvation, we can have his power come into our lives. And it's at that point that we're to begin growing, and and as our Sunday school lesson uh, talked about this morning in our class, setting our goal, fixing our goal upon him. And pursuing him, and as we talked about on Wednesday nights, pursuing holiness, all of these things are so critical. And so how's your spiritual connection? Because you have to start here. You cannot achieve this purpose without it. But there's another important principle that we have to remember if we want to achieve our mission as a church. And I'm going to skip verse 15. I'll come back to it in a second. But look at verse 16. He says, 
In the same way, now just for context, what he's talking about there is putting a light on a lampstand. We're going to come back to that in a moment. But in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Look at the command here. So we're not just lights, but we are to do what? Let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others. This is our purpose. Our purpose is to let our light shine before other people. Who is other people? Certainly it would be the other people sitting in this room. But it also includes the other people in our families. The other people who work with us. The other people who go to school with us. The other people who are in our community. We're to let our light shine out there. And so understand, our purpose is to let our lights shine. Our purpose here isn't to just have music and a sermon every week. Our purpose here isn't to just make friends. Our purpose here isn't to just have a Bible study. Certainly, all these things are important, but our purpose here is to worship the Lord and for Him to grow us to be able to go shine His light in a dark world. That is our purpose, to grow together so we can go and shine in a dark world. I want you to imagine someone who decided that he was going to train for a marathon. He had never ran a marathon before, hadn't really ran before, and decided that he was going to try to achieve this feat of running a marathon. So he begins by walking, and he eventually begins running longer and longer distance. He incorporates some gym time. Begins training at the gym. So he's running, training at the gym. After a while, he begins to change his diet. Sees a lot of benefits from that. So now he's on this habit, this routine of running, going to the gym, eating the right things. He's getting very physically healthy. And let's imagine that as he keeps going, he keeps going and going and going, getting better and better at what he's doing And he gets so engrossed in what he's doing that he completely forgets the date that the marathon was that he had scheduled to run. He forgets it. And weeks go by and weeks go by and he becomes so engrossed in what he's doing that he never actually runs a marathon. Sure, he sees physical benefits. Sure, he's getting healthier. Sure, he's able to do things that he was never able to do before. But the whole purpose of why he started doing these things, he had completely missed He never ran the marathon. And we would say, well, you know, while that's beneficial, certainly that he did all these things, he didn't accomplish the goal that he had. And I think that scenario can be very easy for a church to do. We see first our goal is to grow so we can go and make disciples, so we can go shine our lights. And so we begin pouring into ourselves in Bible study, coming to worship, making Christian friends, and we do all these things, but these things, while they have personal benefit, they eventually become, if we're not careful, they become the focus of everything we do to the point that we forget the other side of it, that we're doing all this to go shine our lights out there. And we have to be very careful of that, that we don't get our eyes off the purpose, off the mission at hand, because you cannot shine your light if you've forgotten your purpose. 
You cannot shine your light if you've forgotten your purpose. We will get so engrossed and enthralled in what's going on here and what benefits us that we forget that we're to benefit others with our lights. Jesus said that his mission in Luke 19.10, he said he's come to seek and to save the lost. That's what Jesus was all about. That's what we're supposed to be all about if we're followers of Christ. We we're to seek and to save the lost. So this morning, I want you to evaluate. Evaluate what you're doing for the Lord. Evaluate how you're spending your time. And what I mean by that is I want you to evaluate how much you are spending your time investing in yourself spiritually versus how much time you're spending investing in others spiritually. How much time do you spend pouring into yourself versus how much time do you spend pouring into others, letting your lights shine? We, the Bible shows us, we are to have a balance between the two. And let me caution two different ways this morning. First, and I've already talked about this a lot, but certainly we want to be very cautious about only pouring into ourselves and never doing anything for others, never shining our lights for others, never reaching out, never trying to connect with others. That's an issue, right? We're to grow so we can go shine our lights. But then let me also caution, because I know there are some that kind of have this mentality. You want to go so much and invest in others so much that you don't slow down to invest in yourself. I remember an old saying that I heard so many times is you can't dip from a dry well. You've got to invest in yourself spiritually. And let me just say, I think we have in Christian culture today, I think we have more people who do the first than the second, but I also want to, again, caution on the second. So when it comes to you and your time, have you maybe lost sight of the purpose of why you're growing spiritually, why you're here, why you're going to Bible studies. All these things are so important, but we've got to do something with it. And so we've seen we can't shine our lights if we disconnected from our source of power. We can't shine our lights if we've forgotten our purpose, but there's one other principle we have to remember if we're going to continue the mission of the church, and I want you to look back at verse 15. He says, No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. Now think about what he's talking about here. This is a very practical thing. Uh, in biblical times, they would light these lamps of, of the evenings, and uh, oftentimes they would have these lampstands that were up high, kind of central to the home or central to the rooms, and so they would light it and put the lamp on the lampstand. We did something very similar at our house you know, this is, my, I guess, my second illustration of the power going out at our house. But this was during a storm. We had paid our electric bill. This was during a storm. And uh, we had all of these, like, battery-powered lanterns around our house. And I figured out, I mean, it, it doesn't, I guess, take a genius to figure this out. But I figured out the higher we put it up and the more central located in the room it was, the brighter it was in the room. And so we kind of got in a habit, anytime the power goes out, we'll have certain spots that we put these lanterns either on a shelf, sometimes we use a clip that's on them and hang them from the ceiling fan in the center of the room, uh, different things like that to give the most amount of light. But let's imagine that the power goes out 
and I turn on all these lanterns, and I decide to light them all up and then throw blankets and pillows over top of them. That would be pointless. It's not going to do anything. Similarly, Jesus says, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. That would be pointless. What's the point of even having a light if you're going to throw a basket over it? Jesus knew that it was possible to have a light, yet to use it improperly. Or really for it to go unused because of what we decide to do or not do with our lights. You can't shine your light if you've hidden it. You can't shine your light if you've hidden it. And this morning I want to ask you, what is your basket? Answer that question honestly. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. What's your basket? Is it your sin that you are maybe continuing in, unrepentant of, that you're doing maybe when you're not at church, and so, you know, here everything looks great, but then you go out where you're supposed to be shining your light and your sin that you're actually doing around your coworkers, your friends, your family, those things, it's like you're putting a basket over your light. It makes you ineffective. Maybe it's your time, the way you're spending it. You know, you, you're just so busy, you're spread so thin that you don't even have time to shine your light. You don't even have time to think about it because you're on the go all the time and you're not thinking about maybe how God could use you with your time. Maybe your basket is lack of concern. Again, you're maybe focused on yourself and growing yourself, but your lack of concern about reaching out and shining your light to others and seeing others come to know the Lord. Could that be your basket? also want to think about this morning, what could be our church's basket? You know, we have individual things that could stop us from shining our lights, but what could be our church's basket? I think in some ways a building can become a basket. You may say, well, how, how so? Well, we gather together, and it looks super bright in here, but it never goes beyond the walls of the building. It's all about right here. And in a sense, this building becomes a basket over the light. Maybe it's about our routine. You know, like I said, we come in and get comfortable. We do the same. I mean, we, we get routine to the point, like Kim was saying this morning, we know when to stand up and sit down. We get in our routine, but maybe all these routines that make us comfortable, that becomes our basket where we don't want to do anything differently than what we're used to doing all the time. And what we're used to doing all the time is just investing in ourselves or keeping the message within this building. What is our basket? Satan would love, absolutely love to convince us to disconnect from Jesus to forget our purpose or to put a basket over our lights. Or better yet, here's what I was thinking this week, that he would love to convince us that it's no big deal or that we're actually doing everything that we've been commanded by God to do when in fact we become ineffective as a church. And wouldn't that be the perfect plan of Satan to make us think that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing when in reality we're missing a huge part? We can get comfortable feel like we're doing all kinds of stuff for the Lord, 
and people die without hearing the gospel. Because our light as a church or as individuals is not actually shining in the way that we think that it should. Now as the pastor and I would think as church members, our goal Certainly, we want to see people saved and baptized. I mean, think about the last couple of weeks. We've seen multiple people baptized here. Really, the last month, six weeks, we've had several people baptized. Man, that's exciting to see people's lives change, to see people saved and, and, and follow the Lord in baptism. And we know God's the one who does the work in people's hearts. But let me just say, this stuff won't happen by itself. People aren't saved and baptized unless we're shining our lights and sharing the gospel with people, unless we keep the mission and the purpose the main thing. And I really believe that in 2023, and again, I've only lived for 36 years now, but I really think this day and time that hearts, hearts seem to be harder, people seem to, to want less to do with God than they ever have, I could be wrong about that, but I really feel that way. And instead of us just saying, woe is me, we need to be all the more committed and diligent to do the mission. If hearts are harder, that just means we have to work harder. We have to tell more. We have to share more. We have to shine our lights even brighter than we have been. And so as we look at the purpose of this series, it's getting back to how to be an effective church. It's getting back to how to focus and really reviving the mission that we've been called to do. And every week we're going to look at a different aspect of what it means to, an, to be an effective church. But this week, as we're reflecting on the mission that God's given us, I want to ask for you as an individual, as a church member, during this time of commitment, I want to ask you to pray for you, pray for me, pray for our church that we would see the importance of being an effective church, that we would see the importance of being on mission and actually begin to live it out. And again, I know for many of us, maybe we have throughout the years, maybe we are now, but let me just say, I think that if we shine our lights together even brighter in the ways that God is calling us to do, that we could see a huge impact because of the people in this room going and sharing for Christ and seeing people come into this place and our lights burn even brighter as a church. And so today, uh, during this time of commitment, let me ask you, I don't normally do this, but let me ask you, will you come and will you pray for our church? Will you pray for, for me and yourself that each of us will take this mission seriously and be willing to do what it takes to shine our lights in our community? And again, I get it. We get in our routines, we sing a song, we get ready to go to lunch, all that stuff. But can we stop for a few minutes and say, we're going to come and we're going to pray for our church that we can do this mission that God has asked us to do. I'm going to be kneeling down front to pray. If you all want to, if you need somebody to counsel with, I'll be happy to do that as soon as I get up from praying. But I want us all to come down here, uh, if you're willing and able, and pray for our church this morning. Father, as we think about what it means to shine your light into a dark world, I know each of us, we're thankful in a lot of ways because there have been folks who have shined a light to us, and that's why we're here today. 
Lord, sometimes we can get worn out from the task. We can get our focus off the task and unintentionally become ineffective. And so, Lord, as we think about what it means to be an effective church, as we think about what it means to be a missional church, Lord, we know that you've called us to do more than just to gather. Certainly that's important, but we do this so we can shine our lights. Lord, help us this morning to have tender hearts toward this and to be willing and ready to do what you've called us to do. Lord, we know that we can't do it without staying connected to you, so help us to do that this morning. Move in our hearts, stir within our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.